Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. So happy you are here with us today, Monday, February 8th, Healing the Hedge, divine protection around us. So Jan and Mary and Deborah, so good to see you. Kim, Cesar, Kurt, thank you for being a part of this. And you know the drill as you come on, like, share, follow. Don't lurk in the shadows. Come out, identify yourself. Your name, rank, serial number. I don't know. Leave your visa number, MasterCard number. Somebody may be in desperate need right now. Please don't do that. Don't do that. But I'm happy you're here. Happy that you're a part of this. Seeing a season through, a season through that has been a dilemma for each and all of us in so many different ways. And so I urge you, I urge you to loop as many people in this as you can and let's strengthen one another, encourage one another in the Lord. Healing the hedge, divine protection around us. In this season of pandemic, I think all of us have probably given this some thought. Some seem to have little to no effect with this sickness, nearly asymptomatic. Others severely affected. We've lost some. Others others may be lasting damage. But in that continuum, there's so many people in the middle and we wonder why? Why? When we look at the severe damage to livelihoods and careers and finances and business and education, families, Maybe we see wounds, hurts, long-term effects, lasting ramifications. And we wonder, is there something protecting us? Some sort of hedge, shield protecting us. The Bible speaks of hedges. And I want to talk to you about those today. How to heal the hedge. Healing the hedge. So Virginia, Shelby, that's what we want to talk about. I believe the book of Job is difficult in so many levels. Some believe it's the oldest book of the Bible written first. So long before ancients read the scripture in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They read, there was a man in the land of us who named, whose name was Job. He was perfect, upright, upright, feared God, hated evil. Before they knew of the worlds that were created, they knew, they, they read of a man whose world was destroyed. The book is difficult. It's difficult. Although scripture is inspired by God, much of what is said in this book is faulty. In the last chapter of Job, Job 42, God said of Job's three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, when you love to have friends like that on morning devotion, that these three men spoke falsely and they described God in a way that he wasn't. So when you thread through the book of Job, you have to remember that the speeches of these three supposed friends, God's already said it isn't true. I mean, the word of God faithfully records it, but their words do not ring true with God Almighty. And so you have to be careful. It's a difficult thing. But some words, even God himself says, they're just not Right. Eliphaz built that so far. You didn't say it right. But then you go back to the first chapter of Job and we find Satan saying something. When God asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He's blameless. He's upright. He fears me. He shuns evil. Satan responds, 
Well, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, a hedge around his household, a hedge around all that he has? You know the rest of the story, this hedge of protection. But you wonder, you wonder, Satan said that. Satan said that there is a hedge of protection around those that love God and those that fear God. Now, we know Satan is a liar, but standing in the presence of God, he said, Job has this hedge of protection that I can't touch him. I don't know what that does to you, but that thrills me. It thrills me to know that around me and around you, and around those that fear and love God, that there is a hedge of protection. Of course, as we see the unfolding of the book of Job, we understand that just because there's a hedge of protection doesn't mean bad things won't happen. Job has all that's taken from him except his life. And we see the struggle, the loss, one thing after another, the pain, the disappointment, the discouragement, so much. A broken hedge a lowered hedge of protection. So I've got three questions for you today, and and maybe these have been on your mind. We ask, is there, first of all, is there a hedge of protection around us? Oh, I don't believe it's a literal hedge and a green belt, a tall wall of ivy and greenery, but we can say this, assuredly, God protects his children. The 34th Psalm, the angel of the Lord encamps round about those who believes and delivers them. And then it says, oh, taste and see the Lord is good and blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There's no want to those who fear him. We often say the angels of the Lord in camp, but it's not angels. It's the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is a theophany. It's a visible representation of God himself. Appeared to Hagar in the wilderness. Appeared to Abraham on Mount Moriah, stopping him from sacrificing his son, appeared to Jacob when he wrestled through the night. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses, the burning bush. God told Israel in Exodus 23, that angel, I'm sending that angel in front of you to guard you, and my name is in him. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joshua, Gideon, Samson's parents. The angel of the Lord is identified with God himself. You get the picture. Not just any angel, but when it says the angel of the Lord encamps round about us, it's God himself, that God is our defender, our protector, the one watching over us. Even though it was Satan who said there's a hedge of protection around Job, God didn't disagree with him. In fact, it's proven again and again that God did indeed protect Job, that God had hedged him in and protected him. And many are the Bible passages that says he does that for me and for you, that he watches over us. Second Samuel 22, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised and I'll be saved from my enemies. The 17th Psalm, you save those who who trust in you from those who rise up against them. Keep me, Lord, as the apple of your eye. Keep me under the shadow of your wings. What a beautiful psalm. 
the 17th Psalm, shows that indeed there is a divine hedge of protection around us. What about Proverbs 18? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Uh, the minor prophet Nahum, Nahum 1, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who trust in him in the New Testament, Hebrews 13, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So there's obviously a sense that God is our protection. He's called our shield, our bulwark, our fortress, our strong tower, our help in the time of trouble, our stronghold. This is not a physical hedge guarding us. It's the very presence of a loving and kind God. I love the story that Shirley Dobson tells in the early days of Focus on the Family. Her husband, James Dobson, traveled a lot. She was left home with the little children. She says, I was never frightened except one night. One night around 2 a.m., I awakened with a start, startled, petrified with fear, didn't know why. Took me a few minutes to force myself out of bed, sank to my knees on the side of the bed and began to pray. Lord, I don't know why I'm so frightened but I'm asking you to watch over my home and protect my family right now. Send a guardian angel to be with us. And she climbed back into bed. Half an hour later, fell back asleep. The next morning, she learned that somebody had broken into her neighbor's house, run through the house, taking things while the family slept. And it happened at that very moment, 2 a.m. That day, she walked to the side of her house that was by her neighbor's home, and she discovered their bathroom window near the children's bedrooms. Had been the screen was bent, the windowsill shattered. Someone had tried to break in. The police said, Well, if they wanted in, they'd get in. But Shirley knew, awakened at two o'clock when she prayed, that divine protection came to her home. Can I get a witness out beside? How many of you would just say, I've been there. I have prayed for the protection of God, and God has showed up in my life and protected me and protected my family and watched over me. Oh, I believe that. I believe that right now, that right now you can recall, you can remember, Raul, you can remember Brenda, Tricia, you can remember Kim, Roy, you can remember times when the presence of the Lord came down and shielded you and protected you. Shirley went on to say, I'm just convinced God protected us through my panicked prayer. Something or someone discouraged that burglar from breaking into our house. I was surprised. She said, I shouldn't have been. For years and I, we prayed and fasted and trusted God to protect our family. And we know God works powerfully through prayer. But on that dark early morning, my trust was tested in a frantic moment and God proved faithful. I don't know why God allows difficulties to come into our lives, Shirley wrote, even though we're praying but I do know that even in those circumstances, he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble that we can say with the psalmist, we will not fear for the Lord God Almighty is with us. You can tell stories like that. There is a hedge of protection. It's God himself around you. The same God who put a thin layer of atmosphere around the earth protecting us. The same God who drew the shorelines and said, see, you can't come any farther. That same God protects us today. There is a hedge of protection. But I wonder how and when can that hedge of protection be breached? 
With Job, it was God who allowed the breach. He pulled back the hedge to permit Satan to attack to attack Job. Why? Now you're wandering in deep forest at that point. And all we see are the breadcrumbs of what God has shown us through the ages. That God's not fickle. God is good all the time. And even when that hedge is lowered and he allows the lowering of the hedge. Why? Why does he allow it? We live in a fallen world. In fallen world, bad things happen. God does not always stop the bad things from happening, but God does promise good, that he works good amongst the bad things. And in those moments, something good's going to emerge. Something good, we sense the closeness of a presence. We see God in a new way. We lean on him more, trust him more. As Job said, I had heard about you, God, but now I see you. Whether Job understood a hedge of protection around him, I don't know. And Job 1, it doesn't seem he does. By Job 3, it seems like he realized it. But in Job 42, he said, God, I'd heard about you, but now I see you. I'm leaning on you more. It's not God who brings the pain, but it's God who works through the pain and brings you through the pain. There's another way this hedge is breached, and it's more common than God lowering the hedges. It's you. It's me. It's us. It's our fallen nature breaking the hedges. In Ecclesiastes 10, Solomon described a disobedient man who digs a pit and falls into it, who breaks a hedge and a serpent bites him. In Psalm 89, God mournfully says to a people, you have broken down all of my hedges, that our behavior can affect the hedge. I'm not saying that every bad thing that happens to us is because we've sinned, that we contract a virus or invite calamity because we sin. It doesn't work like that. In this life, it rains on the just and the unjust. It's life. It's living in this world. The way of a transgressor, though, is hard. A person who sows the wind will reap the whirlwind, that there's a broken down hedge, that some adversity comes to us just because we live in a fallen world, but some adversity comes to us through our own willfulness, pride, and fallen nature. The person who tears down the hedge of God's faithfulness around marriage. We read in Hosea that the hedge of help is replaced by a hedge of thorns when you walk away. A hedge of thorns come. The person who lives in such a way to destroy their good name, it's a golden, it's gold-plated invitation to the oppressor. The person who drifts close to the edge of a cliff invites harm. Deuteronomy, as you probably know, is one of my favorite Old Testament books. I love the book of Deuteronomy. I see so many scriptural principles in Deuteronomy. One of the principles that's found there, the children of Israel are going to be brought into the promised land. And you know the story. They would step into fields that they didn't sow. And for that reason, the manna stopped when they stepped into the promised land and began to eat the old corn of the land, the Bible says. There's a, there's a message in that. Oh my, oh my. That God stockpiles provision for his children. They, they stepped into vineyards that they did not plant and tend. They inherited houses they didn't build. Homes in those days had flat roofs, and the roofs were the place where the family worked, spent their leisure time, ate. God instructed his people, you need to put a railing, you need to put a parapet, a battlement around the edge of those roofs to protect people from falling. Put a hedge around your roof. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, of cure. 
Permit hedges to be built in your life to protect you. God allows us to build hedges in our life. It can be breached through life, through his will, but more commonly through our own behavior. Pastor, how do we heal that hedge? I think you see the answer in Job 1. He was a devout man, a God-fearing man. Job worshiped God, but through his ordeal, his trust in God grew. He starts leaning on God. He starts saying that the skin worm may destroy my body, but in my flesh I shall see God. I'm coming forth through this as sparkling gold. His relationship with God deepened. Even when it may have felt God had forsaken him, he kept on believing in his sense. His faith healed the hedge. His trust healed the hedge. Our prayer, our devotion, our humility, our brokenness, invites the healing of hedges in our lives. It invites that. It invites the God who said, I'll never put more on you than you can bear. The one who said, I'll fight for you and stand over you. That my grace is sufficient. My love is more than enough. In Proverbs 30, Solomon describes four creatures with with tremendous power. They're tiny. One of them is the, the coney. The coney. There's been a lot of debate about what the coney is. Most scholars believe that the coney is the rock hyrax. It's sort of a a prairie dog in the Mideast. And because of its coloring, it's nearly impossible for predators to see so long as it stays in the rocks. It takes on the color of the rocks. The eagle can't see it. The lion can't see it. The predator doesn't know it's there. But if it ever leaves the rocks, the county is easily taken by the enemy. And the lesson here is stay close to the rock. If you, if you are, if you are hiding in the cleft of that rock, the enemy can't reach you. Stay with God. Stay hidden in him. And you have his protection that he will guard over you. Should we pray? We, we, we Christians, we have this language that others don't understand. We, when we pray, we say, I pray a hedge of protection around you. Can we pray a hedge of protection? I believe it's good to do so. It's good to remember where our help comes from. We are taught to lift up the shield of faith. And so we pray for this prayer of protection. Several times in the book on prayer, I mentioned Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, the secret place, and rests in the shadow of the mighty, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, my fortress, in him I trust. I think the 91st Psalm forms a perfect prayer. Lord, you say you said you would save me from the fowler snare and the deadly pestilence. You would cover me with your feathers. Under your wings, I'll find refuge and that your faithfulness is a fortress. Lord, I will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, the plague that destroys at midday. Lord, a thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but those plagues are not coming near me because you are my refuge, you're my edge. No harm's going to overtake me. No disaster is going to come near my home. You will command your angels. You will guard me in all my ways. With you, I can tread on the lion and the cobra and the great lion and the serpent because I love you, God. 
and you're going to rescue me because I honor your name. You will protect me. I will call on you. You will answer me in the time of trouble. You will deliver me and elevate me. You will satisfy me with long life. Do you ever notice how many times pestilence and plague is mentioned there? Reminds me of the story of Martin Luther. You remember 500 years ago, he nailed his 95 theses to the to the door of the castle church in Wittenberg, and it invited opposition. Ten years were rough on Martin. He was sick, depressed on his lowest limb, and to cap it off, the plague had broken through in his village. Fear spread. People began to scatter, run from the plague. Luther remained believing it was his duty, turned his house into a hospital, and he watched a lot of his friends die during that year. A year of sickness, a year of plague, a year of death. Does that sound familiar? But it was in that dark moment he wrote a song. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. We have a hedge and that hedge is none other than our great God. We have a hedge of protection all around us. How can I heal that hedge. James said it like this, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I believe that hedge is strengthened, that hedge is helped, that hedge of protection is healed when we're totally submitted to the Lord and we see God at work in our lives. I pray, I pray a hedge of protection around you, I got up early this morning and started praying for my family, church family, this morning devotion family. God, put a hedge of protection around each and every one of them. We've lost too many already to this virus. We've lost too many. We've lost many friends. We've lost many family members. Many more are in the hospitals right now or in a low limb. Many more have just found out they had this sickness. And while we're optimistic and confident that for most it's it's a mild case, not so severe. Yet right now we want to lift up. We want to lift up that hedge of protection. We lift up the name of God. Let God arise and our enemies be scattered. Let this hedge be healed, this hedge of protection And may it encircle you and enfold you and keep you during this day and this hour. Thank you, Trenton. Thank you, Dee. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Morris. Thank you, Brenda. Each and every one of you for being a part of this. Share with others and let's lift up that hedge of protection. Let's keep lifting it up until we get through this season. And on the other side, we can say with Joe, I had heard about you, God, and in some way I had experienced you, but now I see, I see you in a new and a living way. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of this. Share it with others. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give. Give.